How do we apply a biblical worldview to childbirth? The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, what's woo, up? Woo! woo, woo. Or today, is it whoop whoop? I don't know. We were in a conversation the other day. Whoop 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 whoop. It's, these I, are I the questions know. of our day. <laughs> these are the questions that must be answered. We have another question that must be answered today. Yes. And so we yes. brought on someone from that chat about the woot woot and the whoop whoop oh, and the wah yeah, wah yeah. and all that stuff. We brought them on. And we even invited them into our pantry. Yes. I'm just oh, waiting yes. for them to cook a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're always welcome to come cook a meal oh, yeah, over come here. On. No, today we are going to be talking about childbirth. And if you are one of our awesome male listeners, this is still relevant for you because we all love to talk about what do we store up in our pantry to deepen our relationship with the Lord, help shape our worldview to to align with the word of God and all of that stuff. And so childbirth is one of those things. Well, it's pretty fast. It's pretty quick. I had a three day labor and it's still quick in the grand scheme of everything else that happens. Pregnancy, nine to 10 months, parenting, from the moment they pop out till forever, right? Like all the but so seventy-two hours and four years exactly, later, exactly, <laughs> right? So you know, I mean, it's right, quick, right? But at the same time, if a biblical worldview shapes every area of our life, we shouldn't just be like, oh, well, since it's so quick, let's just kind of sweep under the rug. So we brought yeah. my best friend back, and she's been here. I don't even know the last time she was here. She was physically here that time. Now we have this. There's no third chair. <laughs> yeah. So we brought my bestie, Rebecca White. She is now the proud owner of Made New Birth. It is a whole awesome, I'm going to let her explain it, but a whole new awesome way of looking at childbirth, the whole pregnancy cycle and the time after from a biblical worldview. And what she's got to say is amazing. So we're going to go ahead and welcome her onto the show. Welcome, welcome girl. Yeah, what's up? Hi, thanks for having me. Yee! I did that last time too. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> I, I, I'm no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Because men have an important role in all this, and and I think, no, I think during yeah. our pregnancy, I learned really fast where I had to be, and where my headspace had to be, and where my headspace had to be biblically. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be an awesome conversation. Yeah. So I think the best place to probably start, right, is why? Why did you decide to nerd out on? what the Bible possibly says about something that can last a few minutes to just a couple of days. Like why, why this? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> so I don't know that I would even say that I decided it's something that wound up being sort of retro engineered. Um, after I had my second birth, I had this wake up call where by the end of my second birth, I was just like, what was that? Like, mm. whoa, that was the greatest thing. Uh, the greatest unexpected thing that has ever happened ever. And it was only then that it occurred to me that all of that time I'd been expecting something different. I'd been expecting something bad. And then I got curious about, um, what that meant about my understanding of childbirth. Um, I knew that children were a blessing and I think most of us come to the table with that much, at least if we have a biblical worldview at all, we're not thinking children are not a blessing. Uh, But I don't know that we always thoughtfully carry that biblical worldview all the way through all of the other parts of being fruitful and multiplying. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just hit me that labor also had something to demonstrate to us through that experience that God uses labor, just like he uses every piece of his creative work to say something about himself and about that larger meta narrative of the gospel and the love of Jesus. And so then I started getting really excited because I was like, wait a second, as women, we have been given this absolutely incredible gift of being the ones who life comes through. We can We can harbor life in our wombs. We can grow life and protect life. And then we get to labor to bring that life. Um, And nobody else gets to do that. It's this special role. Um, And so in just starting to think about all of the implications that that had for 
women walking out their faith and getting closer to God and experiencing God in new ways. That's kind of where all of this started. And then I also had some questions myself as far as like, where did I get those original ideas from childbirth? Like, why was it that I was expecting something bad? And, and how come we don't talk about this more? (laughs) And so then I started looking for, for answers as far as what, what does the Bible have to say about this? And uh, really the, the message that I bring in our classes is that the Bible has a better story to tell about all of it, that there is so much deeper that we can go when it comes to preparing for childbirth. Um, you know, it's not just physical, it's spiritual and mental and emotional. And um, a lot of people are capitalizing on that spiritual part. So I wanted to emphasize how glorious God is in terms of what he says about childbirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that you're spot on because I remember we were pregnant at the same time, me with my first, you with your second. And so we were kind of trying to figure out we wanted home birth, both of us. Neither of us got that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We had very different final final showdown experiences. But I think the thing that we both loved was all of the the joy that was taught to us in the birth Mm -hmm. class that we both took versus what the world is saying. And so I think that was the other piece that I remember early on you were talking about, um, which is kind of the name of the episode is, is pain in childbirth, a lack of faith. And that's something that is out there, you know, like often when you're looking into like Christian childbirth classes, you end up a little new agey, right? That's true. That's true. That's another aspect of just really wanting to, um, root myself deeply in scripture so that we could get clear on what a biblical framework actually looks like. Cause there's all of these narratives. Women are taking in so many messages about birth and the primary message. And it's funny these days when I have new parents coming into class, a lot of them are aware now that birth kick can be great that it's possible. Like we've all kind of got some hangups about the medical model and there's lots of reasons <laughs> that we might have like, you know, reservations where we're looking for different answers and more information and informed consent, that sort of thing. Um, so then when you run into other messaging that is highly positive, um, that can be really, uh, you just get caught up in it really fast. And, and the thing that kind of, Uh, weighs heavy on my heart is that Christians really should have the most positive view of childbirth of everyone, of anyone. We should have the highest view of this incredible thing that happens. And I don't know that that's necessarily the culture or the vibe or the feeling around Mm -hmm. childbirth. Like if you hear from most, um, most of the casual conversation that you'll pick up on is like, oh, I hear this a lot. Oh, just knock me out and wake me up when it's over. Um, or right. it was horrible. It was the worst thing that I have ever been through. It's the um, curse. It's, it's the, curse. the curse. And so Thanks, I think, Eve. yeah. And so bring it back to your question. I think that's where some of the new age uh, worldviews actually get a foothold is because they're going for this female empowerment. They might say things like you're divine. This is your goddess power. This is your <laughs> like you're a portal for new life. Uh, and some of the things are a little more subtle than that. Some of yeah. them are like, um, we're just making it all about you in your birth and how amazing you are. Uh, but we, we slap a Christian label on top of that. Um, and we talk about how it's not cursed and your body's not cursed and, and just, there's little, there's nuance type things. But anyways, I think that that's where they get a foothold is that people are just so, uh, hungry for a positive message about, and not just people, especially women, um, only because they're the ones who are actually facing down, like the thought of contractions or right. the thought of tearing or pushing, actually pushing out that baby or whatever it's yeah. going to be. And so they're starving for an answer and not just any answer, but one that is going to be both hopeful and truthful. Um, and so I find that between the worlds of all the different messages that you might encounter, we were missing that really biblical filter that was both that was truth and love. And this is a fantastic thing, but I'm also not going to tell you that it's, uh, it's got to be perfect or else you weren't spiritual enough or faithful enough or whatever. 
I, yeah. as I, as I hear this and I'm listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like, God is not a God of confusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, one of the greatest things that we went through in, in childbirth and, uh, and a lot of women are going through this and a lot of couples are going through this. And like what you're saying, you got new age over here. You've got, wait, this lady saying it this way. You got this guy saying it this way. You got this other lady saying it this way. Yeah. You get like about 400 different views mm-hmm. on how this is supposed to take place. So here you go. You, you get to be like, Oh, we're married. You know, it's like, Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Oh, we should have kids. Okay. And if you can have kids, you know, it's, I understand the other way. Cause I was there once, mm-hmm. uh, not being able to have kids. So what a blessing is now to hold a, a four year old, but, uh, you know, but you get through the, into this confusion and, and I like what, what, what I'm hearing here because we're hearing rooting, we're hearing getting into it, right? We're tight, but where are we rooting? We're rooting into the Bible. We're, we're rooting into God's word. We're rooting into what God tells us it is. It's beautiful. Children are beautiful. You know, don't, do not harm one of these. If you've harmed one of these, I'll put a, a, a millstone around your neck and drop you to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean, you know, and this is what is coming into this world. And so I remember like midway through all of this and Michelle's like, oh, this, oh, 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 and it's like all over the place. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to God. I, 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 I can't Thank know. You for that. I yeah. am going to root into who, what God says this is. Marriage is beautiful. Relationship is beautiful. Children are beautiful. And so having someone out there who is, is, is reinforcing this mm-hmm. into people's lives, like you're doing with other women and, and husbands and couples, you know, like it's like, it's, it's good to hear mm-hmm. because it's good to hear that. Okay. Look, it's, it's simple. Like it's like the gospel. You know, everybody's talking about different theologies and isms and all this stuff. It's like, yeah simple gospel you're also yeah yeah. oh sorry you're just reminding me of so many good things um you're making me think of this concept of stewardship that is a uniquely biblical concept Mm. but it always is part of what we talk about in class because um that experience you described with michelle being like oh but this but this and we gotta think about this and they say this and what about this and you're just like i just gotta focus on what god has to say about this uh just really reminds me of that whole principle of stewardship because there's a one of the messages is that you need to be on top of everything that you need to um know everything about everything and control the situation and there's a lot of uh pressure and that pressure hits us differently like i've seen dad shut down under the pressure of like okay so what am i supposed to do to help her with her labor or to protect her from all of these things that we talk about and that we learn and the reality is the the work of labor for both roles is surrender it's focusing on what god says about it we do our part and our role to prepare and that's stewardship but um in every other way we're not in control and that's better and that's good mm-hmm. and, I, and i'd never tell a, a man this on normal because feelings are okay but i'm yeah. going to tell you something when you walk into labor with your wife you got to put feelings aside and again, goes back to rooting, right? It, going right into the word of God and, and looking at her and, and, and comforting her and protecting her. Mm-hmm. And understanding, don't walk into, look, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to take over for a man for real quick. No, you should. Men, because if you're still on here listening, listen to this. You are actually a very vital role in mm-hmm. this labor especially when it hits into the hospitals or actually even at your home if you're giving childbirth because there are going to be decisions that are coming your way. She doesn't have time to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So when you are learning from someone like Rebecca, mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, yes. listen to what she's saying because you are vital because if it gets carried to the hospital, that is when all the things that we heard from Hava and from you know <laughs> the people who are raising us up, I was listening and light switches. I had my thing documented, ready to go. And like, this is what's going to happen because, because, because God tells us to be prepared. So stewardship, I like that. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying about stewardship because stewardship is preparing, Mm -hmm. discerning, understanding, listening, hearing, and then speaking. Mm-hmm. And that is what God is going to, man, I, I like this. I like this conversation because I, I think it's important. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we realize, because we nerd out about this topic a lot, but one of the things um, <laughs> on the phone it. and on the car and everywhere, one of the things that we realize is like on this topic of stewardship, one of the lies is that childbirth is a woman thing mm-hmm. in the sense of, of course, only women can have babies. There you go. Scandal. But, um, <laughs> but only women can have babies. Okay. So we're the one that's in this labor. However, biblically, we are one flesh yep. and mm-hmm. we each have our roles and we're coming into this biblical worldview style says that we have our roles and that that's complementary, and that we're a team and that I'm his help meet and that he is a protector and a provider and we provide and protect 
mm-hmm. our family unit in different ways based on what God has given and equipped us each with. But in this sense, it's like even Christian men, they might hear a slanted view of biblical manhood that says, you know, this is her lane, stay in it, which is, I guess, a more leaning into respecting women and honoring their boundary or whatever. Or that's a woman thing. Mm-hmm. Get away from it, which is like that chauvinistic side that people can fall in in this. Whereas what we're saying is no, like steward your family, mm. be the authority figure your wife needs right now, you know, mm. which I know you go into with how women are impacted by having to make high stress and knee jerk yeah. reactions yeah. while in labor. Right. And I got, yeah, I, I, got gonna... a, I got a question on that one though. Okay, so yeah. I, I want to drop the question on yeah. that because it's like, so what should listeners stock in their pantry when they want God involved in their birth plan? Because that's oh. where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're okay. Going. So, um, shout out to the dads, by the way. Before I answer that, I just wanted to okay. put this out there that a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the dads that come into class that I've had the privilege to interact with, um, they so want to be there, but it's the part that you guys are just talking about. Like they don't know what their role is, mm-hmm. and that's so. And so they're just like, I'm kind of, I'm internally uneasy. Um, or if they're shutting down in the actual labor experience, a lot of times it has to do with that. It's just like, I didn't, I don't know what to do. Um, so that's been interesting. I just like to shout out the dads. Yeah, so many yeah. of them are like, that's encouraging I really want to be part of this. Yeah. Yes. But you need to tell me what to do. Um, okay. So you're back to your question about what should people stock in their pantry if they want God to be involved in their birth plan? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me with that is that um, he's involved whether you want him to be or not. <laughs> Amen. Like, Praise God. There's no, there's no, uh, that it's his, it's his birth is his. And that's one of the biblical uh, shifts to make in terms of, preparation that we talk about is that it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about us. The, um, the component of stepping into motherhood and becoming a mom and laboring for their children. Um, God does give us a lot through that. And we do so much on behalf of our children. So I don't mean to say that it has nothing to do with us, but the mm. ultimate purpose of that experience is God's glory and what it does to show us more of himself. And so I would say that probably the first staple is just submitting to that idea of sovereignty that like, if I am doing this from a biblical perspective and there's so much that we gain from understanding this is first understanding that this is God's and it belongs to him. Mm. And it's not about my preferences, Um, which is not to say that you shouldn't have them again, stewardship, Stewardship, like you, I, I fully believe, and this is supported in scripture that God has chosen you as the caretaker of that child. Stewardship means management. So he's given you his child to take care of. He expects you to do a great job. That's what empowers us to show up and want to do it really well. And it's also what frees us from being crippled by the pressure of having to do everything perfectly because they're ultimately not ours. And so our labors, that's, that's consistent through the actual birth experience is that um, the labor's not mine. God's got this story already written that he is totally sovereign over. So that would be the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is just a biblical framework for pain in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Lean into Um, that one for a second. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a really big one. And I think that I don't know if everyone resonates with where I came first came to this, but I I mentioned it earlier how I really at the at the root cause of what I was afraid of in birth was a wrong view of God. Mm. And I'm not really sure exactly how that happens. This is how I think it came to be, is that you hear a cursory reading or you have a superficial understanding of Genesis chapter three and you take away God cursed Eve with pain and labor. And then the next thing you hear is every female voice around you talking about how it's this scary, horrible, painful, Mm -hmm. I didn't even feel it or just make sure you get that epidural. Uh, And then that's kind of the last thought, (laughs) the last processing (laughs) that happens until it's you. Until you're the one with the baby in your belly and you're staring down 
you know, like, how's it getting this path? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so probably for lots of reasons besides that, because I know we all have our own walks. um, I just came to the table with this idea, came to the experience of birth with this idea that God was going to hurt me. And that that was kind of what that meant and that I was supposed to be okay with that and that that was supposed to be good somehow because I knew that God was good, but I hadn't quite reconciled. What is this that scripture saying about childbirth and why is it that God punished me this way as as a woman? Um, And uh, there's a lot wrong with that. There's a lot wrong with that. Um, The one direction that it gets taken that I want to caution people about is that it's also wrong to say that there is no curse. And that's what I ran into first was like, okay, well, the answer then must be that there's no curse. You're fine. This isn't real. This isn't real. Um, Jesus died on the cross. It changed it all. Yes. As if to say that, and this is actually literally said, this is literally said that because of Jesus's saving work on the cross, you should no longer feel pain in childbirth if you really believe that. Right. Um, I'm not even sure how to label that for you in terms That's of which heresy. It's a little. That, let, here, let me label that real quick. Yeah, thank Gar- you. Garbage. Okay, good. Let's <laughs> that go clears it up. Garbage. <laughs> that cleared it up. Right. That, that was so theological right there. Just garbage. Okay. <laughs> yes. Hot trash. No, watch this. Watch this. No, but watch this. Okay, let's let's call it dung. Trashology. Let's call it rubbish. Let's call it the thing that Paul talks about. Dungology. There you go. Dungology. Dungology. <laughs> I do have I do have a highlight on my Instagram called Hot Trash. There you, there you go. go. That's where we kind of talk about. Check out Hot Trash. We'll link to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sort of a catch-all for everything that's hot trash. Um, right. But anyhow, that's kind of the first answer that you're likely to run into in terms yeah. of messaging. Um, and, and I'll be mm. honest, it took me some time to really educate myself on what is biblically coherent and consistent with everything that the Bible says. Um, and I guess if I could condense it and give a short answer, it is that childbirth is not a curse. Your child is not a curse. That mm, whole process of being fruitful is not a curse, but it is changed by one. And that's where we need to understand how these realities intersect. We cursed ourselves when we sinned. That's what happened. And what that verse actually says is that God added to it. Mm. And if you know the nature of God, actually the character of God, then you have to start appreciating that what he added is part of the redemptive plan. What he added, even his consequences are good. Like a loving parent that we can't even relate to because because you're not going to see it anywhere else. I mean, we'll, we'll as Christian parents attempt to be as perfectly just and knowing and and redemptive as our heavenly father is. And we can never accomplish it. But when God issues a consequence, it is perfect. Mm. And that's what I began to realize experientially when I had a a physiological labor that opened my eyes compared to my first labor that was very traumatic. But then also from digging into this has to be consistent, like scripture reveals scripture. And so if children are a blessing, it doesn't make sense to think that the process to have those children is a curse that just isn't coherent. That doesn't work. But at the same time, it's also not coherent to pretend to deny thousands of years of history of women going through very arduous, painful labor experiences. Mm -hmm. That's also a reality we have to contend with. And so one of the other really exciting aspects of this is that there is an answer to the reality of pain. Um, I don't really, as a, as a birth educator, I don't really care so much if you do the semantic game for your own state of mind of like calling it something else other than pain. Like maybe you want to say it's intensity. Maybe you want to focus on the actual physiological things that are happening. Like it's just my muscles working really hard. I think all of that is very clever if it's working Mm -hmm. for you. The part that we shouldn't rewrite is that there is no curse. There is a curse of sin and Mm -hmm. death. And one of the consequences of the curse of sin and death is that now we experience our labors differently just like men do 
just like men experience their labor differently. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of goes back to um, what I was meaning before when I said scripture answers both. It gives greater hope than any other message. And part of how it does that is because it actually addresses reality. (laughs) Whereas some of these other messages are going to leave you high and dry. Like what happens what happens if you do all of this spiritual prep work and you learn all of the physiology of labor and you still wind up with a cervical lip or a swollen cervix or needing a cesarean or even though you did the prep, it's still surprising you, like taking you by surprise and you're not coping with the sensations like you thought you would. Like mom should not be sent into labor poised to feel like that is a personal or spiritual failure. That should not be happening because it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's on that note, I think that there is something to it in the in the revelation that when we did sin as a collective humanity. Right. And now we have to be born into this world and grapple with our own. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen over and over is that fear and stress strain our relationship with the Lord and Mm -hmm. can make our lessons harder to bear um, because they're almost distracting us from the lesson and the strength that's coming out of it and instead we're just so focused on get this over with right yeah and so it does say something that with reduced fear of what birth is going to be like and without the added stress of like being alone having all of the feeling like you're alone no community all this uncertainty and lack of education Mm-hmm. You can reduce the amount of pain because you're not clenched down, freaked out. You know, like yes. you can reduce. I think that it's telling that when we fall into those sinful patterns of thought, the pain increases. But yeah. it also doesn't mean that if you are super peaceful and at peace with the Lord and rolling, that it's impossible for nothing. it to hurt. <laughs> yeah. I think there's he speaks to us all. And you've said this before. He speaks to all of us in our pain and allows mm-hmm. pain and intensity and struggle and challenge in every area of life and pain and birth is no exception oh my gosh right? yeah to do that you know and so i just wanted to add that in for no for, it's uh I'm, I'm listening to to all of this mm-hmm. and it keeps going back to this curse right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we start thinking about this curse and we start thinking about how this curse came into play we we run into the same problem that we run into when we are trying to control our here and now mm-hmm I, 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 I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to, well, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take control. It's now me. It's not God. And, and so when you start thinking about that, then you start putting the bad things, the negative things. And it's not saying that like, if we're super spiritual and all that, ooh, I'm good to go. That's no, the curse still exists, but what's happening is not a curse mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And, and that is, and that is the truth. So the curse still exists because why we still try to control it. You know, you're sitting here talking about how we dig into God. We drive into God. We don't drive into ourselves. You know, you mm-hmm. guys are back going back and forth mm-hmm. on, on like, Hey, you know what, when we start putting negative or, or, or bad ideas into ourselves, it, it increases. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. F- physiologically it increases when you yeah. start to put negative. So our bodies are geared that way. Our bodies are geared that when we start to stress or we start to have anxiety or we start to, they start to shut down. Everything starts to shut down. Our pain tolerance shuts down. Mm-hmm. And so we start to think about this. Then, then I'm starting to think, I'm thinking, I'm rolling, mm-hmm. I'm rolling. I'm thinking of this <laughs> time it. and I'm thinking of this time back in a long time ago it was after the curse but the israelite women so we have the israelite midwives that are sitting there with the fate with fate with the king of Mm -hmm. egypt right and he's sitting there and he's telling them he goes now i want all these boys done i want them gone so when you go in there you kill these boys and you walk out and he's like and he comes back he's like this isn't happening and she and they're like well because they feared the Lord, they weren't doing it. But what mm-hmm. they told Pharaoh was, Israelite women are just so fast in giving so birth that we are so vigorous that we <laughs> they can't. Just pop we, them out. We, they just pop them out. Yeah. And so and so, but what was happening there? And I like this. So it was like so. God was kind of the midwives, and people increased and became even more numerous. But listen, this midwives answered Pharaoh: Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. But the point behind that is that they feared God. Like they trusted in God. They believed in God. They didn't just sit there and say, oh, out of fear and, and all this, we're killing them. We're just going to follow, follow the world's plan. 
Mm-hmm. No, we're going to follow God's plan. Just to piggyback off of what everything that you're saying, one of the things that I love about childbirth in the first place is that there are so many tangible, like visceral embodied experiences that point us to biblical truths. So like what you were pointing out with tension and fear and how physiologically that doesn't even work. That just adds to the suffering of the experience you're going through. There are so many um practical realities and this makes sense that they would be consistent with scripture and what god says because he's the author of all of it and so it's so consistent but it also works in reverse where we get to take those realities in deeper understand them with more wisdom because of this experience Mm -hmm. of labor that we actually are kind of forced to confront things and uh, live them as if we really do trust them and believe them. You really like when you're in the moment of the swell of a contraction, um, your coping does depend on that bedrock of faith. Like, do you really believe that you're safe and this is good design? Do you really believe that God is in control? Are you really able to release fear and relax under the intensity of that? And I, I kind of tend to think I hope this is okay to, to think, but in my like imaginative mind, I think it's Bodie Bottom who says something about like Christian imagination or something, but I, I kind of like to imagine that that's exactly part of what God intended when he added pain to our labors is that we encounter these moments of such intensity that we have to depend on him more than ever that we have to fall on our knees more than ever, that we just, you feel it in your bones. Labor is intense. But then through a biblical framework, that becomes the most beautiful invitation in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that about labor, just everything that you guys have been saying yeah. about how it, it translates to the physical, it really does. Mm-hmm. And I, the Bible is so consistent. I don't remember anything about falling on your knees. I thought it was all squats. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's all fours, you know. I I did a lot of acrobatics (laughs) during those 30 days. I even had to call in help because well, a lot was was, on you. I mean, like that could be a whole thing. That's a whole. Yeah, and I do on your channel with your birth story. Yeah, because I feel like you could dissect and use mine as a teaching aid in many different ways. Uh, I would say, (laughs) I think the whole thing, like you're saying, it's like a microcosm. So much of what Mm. he gives us both within and and outside of the curse. Everything that he designed for us points back to him. So our marriages are a reflection of Christ in the church, mm-hmm. right? Especially now that we have a sin nature because now you really understand Christ dealing mm-hmm. with the sin of his church, right? And and we get it back and forth because we're in a sinful place, but it, it paints a picture. Childbirth, another thing, it's like, okay, we're in this world full of sin, full of pain, full of struggle. We're, we, we, the harder it gets, the more we press into the Lord. And on the other side of that is absolute euphoria and yeah. new life. Yeah. Right. And From that's what we get. Yeah. Yes. You know, like you feel like you're about to die and then bam, there's another kid there and you're like, whoa, a new life. And <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of like, that's pointing towards the life we have now. Mm-hmm. And what's on the other side of it, right? The yes. euphoric eternity that we get to have. And so over and over, I love what you've been saying about pointing yeah. and leaning into him and how if we look at this like no different than other pain. And I know there's someone out there who's like, but you've never, no, I've, I mean, I understand. We, these are women talk. We understand this pain. We felt it. <laughs> and we felt it. And we're saying we can say in the same way that all sin is sin to God, we can say all pain is pain to us and acknowledge that no matter what level it is at, there is something that he can use. Like it's something he can still use. Right. And I think, I think that that's like a huge note to kind of reinforce to, to listeners is that we don't need to make it like spectacular pain where it's a spectacle where it deserves extra spotlights or extra sympathy or extra, because again, we're making it about ourselves, but instead, what is the biblical way to care for someone going through this? And what's the biblical way to look at it? If you're going through it, the same formula applies. 
because it's still pain and it's still suffering. So you still need support, community, love, prayer, faith. These same things apply maybe in a more immediate fashion. But it ain't nobody come out of that looking with glamour shots. Right. Right. I mean, even the woman who I watched give birth in a river by herself, catching her own baby. Like she came out. I mean, I was like, you're cool because you did that. But like, you don't look glam glam. It's a very humbling experience. I have seen some some moms look quite aesthetic in their birthday. I mean, there really is such a variety of possibilities. Those are pictures. pictures. They got the dust in. Well, no, they got the video now. Aesthetic birth video. No, there's, that happens. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I just looked, a a friend of mine and they just had a baby. I'm like, yo, they look tired. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, because it's, because you would, that's expected. The expectations have to be healthy. But it's so cool. Yes, healthy expectations. Yeah. I think, I think it's really cool though. Like, like the whole process Mm -hmm. and how beautiful it is once you hold that child. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't experience pain, but like I I can't handle it when she has a cold. Well, you did. No, I I can't. I'll explain it. But but okay, cool. But I'm going to go Mm -hmm. with my explanation because I can't even handle when she has a cold. Because I'm angry. I'm like, man, I want to kick the curse. I'm like, what is going on? What is all this? I get angry. Yeah. I like, cough. My children cough. And I'm like, in the Lord, like, come on, Lord. Mm-hmm. And ba- I'll tell you what, during birth. Mm, yeah, oh, you are I, going I, through it with her. I didn't. One flesh is one flesh. <laughs> like. and, and home birth and the responsibility of, of coaching mm-hmm. and being there. So I was there the 72 hours. Mm-hmm. I was the one being hung off of. I was the one that was trying to like <laughs> my yeah. legs wobbly and shaky, trying to hold my wife up in these positions that are just mm-hmm. like crazy, but generally work. And and so I just watching the the pain that she was going through and, and laying on a couch, you know, mm-hmm. at hour 42 <laughs> and her going, I just can't take this and praying and, and praying together. Look, see, not one time did God leave the, the scene. Yeah, it was constant prayer, and, yeah. and I think that that's cool. So go ahead and explain. No, I mean, your I just want to give you more props because I think, and I think this is a big thing that we also hear in Christian circles. The and this could be a whole different episode, but the attitude of women when discussing pregnancy and childbirth and mm-hmm. the immediate aftermath, the attitude is not necessarily humble. Um, very often anyway, I think that we're changing that culture. The people that you're talking to definitely have a new way of looking at it. But I think, um, do we deserve props for what just happened? Absolutely. The same way anyone who just did something amazing deserves props. But I do think that when we say like for anyone listening who was like, well, that ain't nothing. She was like in labor for three days. Okay. Yeah. But if I say that because I had this level of pain and I rated it a nine, Mm -hmm. right. That his pain at whatever level he would rate it doesn't exist, then I'm literally being a fool, right? Like I'm literally being a fool because him experiencing pain impacts his ability to exist and how he's going to exist in the same way that my level of pain impacts me. And he was losing sleep. Like I, I was the weirdo that slept through my contraction moaning, That's not but weird. I was sleeping through, right? Probably <laughs> not. Weird. God made it no. that right. Right. <laughs> but he was waking up every eight minutes when I had a contraction. Right. Yeah. And so he had to deal with sleep deprivation and not a lot of food and me hanging off of him and him knowing that he was not necessarily a fish out of water, but a fish with very little water. And the water quality was not that good because he was <laughs> he's not a doula. He's not a midwife. He's he's rehashing 12 weeks of classes. And that's all he had in his arsenal. And yeah. yet he was the one there because the midwives weren't going to stay until I was a certain amount dilated that I never ended up being, you know. So all of that on top, like you were dealing. And, and that's why, again, one flesh, we're both dealing. It's not all about me. I don't I don't need to be a special snowflake when I do something hard you know, to function. I need to acknowledge the human. And that made it harder for me also, because I was, I did care about him. I do love him. And I saw that struggle. Yeah. I think, um, content, like what I, some of what I'm hearing, just like context for some things is I think that what we're talking about is the, the tendency to respond to a lot of the abuses that have happened in maternal and obstetric care with like this, um, uh, anger and going too far to um, try and grab hold of some empowerment again. And so right. sometimes you have kind of that attitude that we touched on earlier where it's like it's 
it's just a woman thing. It's just my thing. And it's not your thing. And, and you can kind of understand with compassion where that comes from Mm -hmm. when you look at the abuses that have happened in that space. Um, But it's another area of applying biblical framework where we can see that the answer is not to have animosity in return and to say, oh, this isn't even like, don't even come at me with that. It affected you because you weren't the one pushing this baby out. When in reality, what we're trying to grab hold of again is that the birth of a child is a family experience. It is a family centered. And that's really like, if we're talking about models of care, that's one of the distinct differences is that in a midwifery model of care, the family is at the center. And so it's not just about baby. It's also about mom. And it's not just about mom. It's also about dad. And no one is being objectified and no one is being cut out of that, um, really that unit that God put in place for a reason. And so it does affect like what you're saying with one flesh, it does affect both of you. And I appreciate the, the side of it that you put on where like in reality, sometimes that's our arrogance and we mm-hmm. don't, but then sometimes arrogance is a response to you've been mistreated and mm-hmm. we like call out, call out both of those. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to add for context, I was just thinking of moms potentially listening to this episode and hearing about the three days of pain that you went through. And I want to <laughs> throw out there, I want to throw out there oh, some that context. Was, it was wrong. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. Wrong. I just want to point out Michelle had a very, you had a very unique struggle (laughs) that you did that God used and so yeah always that that balance in my mind is where I go of like the the hope side of this is that when labor is straightforward when we have um the physiological as designed experience without real complication. Um, and of course there's context for like, how often do complications actually happen? And what do you right. mean by complications, which we won't get right. into, but just for those moms who are listening and who were like, okay, so that's what I can expect. Like, um, no, no, no. No, really, <laughs> really the norm for birth is that it is far less, uh, scary or painful than you Mm -hmm. think it will be based on the messages that we tend to hear. Like one, um, I can give two examples, early labor, which is the longest part, especially for first time moms. A lot of times they don't know that they're in it. You get to four centimeters without really feeling much more than a cramp, than a period type cramp. Now, again, there's lots of variety. So nobody come at me with like my early labor. That's going to happen. You don't say something, they're going to come. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, but we're talking about design here and listen, yeah. come to a class and I will equip you for all of these possibilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, another example is like with my second labor, I had to have an induction and those are notorious for for at least experientially, like anecdotally being talked about, like they are way more painful and everyone's kind of scared of the induction experience. I had zero pain until about the last four minutes after my water broke. And then my son was born in about 90 seconds. It was three contractions, boom, boom, boom. And the the pushing reflex happened as designed. And that is another possibility of what labor can Mm -hmm. look like. So I just want to throw all of that out there for listeners. Yes, because it's like there's a spectrum and we kind of, we're not on the absolute ends, but 90, 90 seconds of feeling it and three days of feeling it and no progression versus their spectrum. Like to show you can live anywhere there. But watch this. Mm-hmm. But we don't. I, I since that happened, mm-hmm. we have not sat around a table. We yeah. have not rubbed our heads in anxiety, right? Thinking right. about, about that, that for seventy-two hours, right? Right. No, I'm not even afraid. It's that, done. Like, it's like what it's I, like yeah. okay. Well, that's okay. Done. Michelle, yeah. would you would you do yeah. it again? No, I plan if we ever have another, it would be another attempt at home yeah. birth. Yeah. And I, and I learned so much in that. That could, again, I'll be its whole episode. Retirement. Right, right. Um, <laughs> bring Becca, bring Hava. But anyway, like I think, <laughs> I think this actually goes to like my final thought that I wanted to bring out in this episode yeah. with you is that, okay, so this is something we alluded to at the beginning of the mm. episode. Whether it's 90 seconds or me three days, maybe it's longer, maybe, you know, maybe it was 12 seconds for somebody, right? Like regardless, it's a blip on the timeline, but blips on our timelines Mm. when they are highly impactful are what shape our forward trajectory, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that that's why we've discussed how you've consulted 
multiple pastors Mm -hmm. and you've emailed people, you know, about like asking these kind of questions and the sentiment in no like negative way, but just like kind of they've never thought about it deeply because of how probably because of how quick it is. But the impact, right, is how you view what happens to you in this small little window of time. Yeah. Does inform your future life in ways you can't expect, or, which is yeah. why it's so important. So could you go a little into that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, or at the very least, it has the potential to inform. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things with that general sentiment that um, that came out in wanting to talk about this and wanting to have, um, you know, other wisdom from other people and looking for someone like, has anybody thought deeply about this? Can we have this conversation? Can someone direct me and guide me? I think we have lost, um, lost how transformational birth really can be and is for a woman. And we've lost some of that sense of how it's a rite of passage into parenthood because of our um, our sort of microwave culture. Honestly, a lot of our approach, a lot of our feeling and a lot of our culture about birth has more to do with the industrial revolution than it does with anything that the Bible says. And so wow. we see this all over the place. And I think one of the places we see it is how we don't think much of the experience. We think just numb her so that she can be comfortable and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we forget that there's a loss in that. One of the things that I'm prone to saying is that labor is so worth feeling. It is so Mm -hmm. worth feeling. And I and you don't really get that sentiment anymore. One of the things that um, that kind of expresses the the sentiment around birth is like, I'm not really sure why someone would get so hung up on it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Just you have the baby, you hope everything goes well, you leave the hospital and then life begins. Um, but I, but I have seen now with all of this study of both the design, the physiology of birth, and then wanting to see what scripture has to say about, um, about it in other ways that, um, birth changes a woman. It really is a rite of passage. It also changes a father. It's a rite of passage for, for both of them. And it has the potential to be totally transforming. You never forget your birth um, unless you were someone who was a victim of twilight sleep where it literally wiped your memory. That's a whole nother tangent that we could get into. Right. But generally speaking, even if you have an epidural, you never forget how you were treated during, during your birth. You never forget how you felt and the lessons you embodied and when you first see that baby. And I think that something truly profound happens when first of all, those experiences are not ones that we hide from. Mm. And second of all, that we apply God's perspective of that intense life experience, that huge milestone of just, it's part of being alive. And Christians are the ones who should be out here shouting from the rooftops, live to the fullest, live to the fullest, really do it, be fruitful and multiply, it's good. And so when we're not hiding from our labor sensations and when we're also equipped to see it from a biblical perspective, it just becomes so profoundly and deeply changing and beautiful you take that with you forever you will never forget it and so i think that that's yeah let's not lose that <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's dig into it and i'm gonna give you a few seconds to think about a couple of verses that you because you keep saying verses and, mm-hmm. and scripture and all this stuff so think of a couple oh, of verses yeah. as i as mm-hmm. i give a caveat real quick mm-hmm. to my brothers and sisters who maybe have miscarriages mm-hmm. we've been sitting here mm-hmm. talking about rites of passage mm-hmm. let me say something you have embarked on that in your own life because you decided that you wanted to try. Mm -hmm. You decided that you wanted to have a child. Now you might not have that child in your arms, but you have that child in heaven. And so we also bring you along on this journey with us as a rite of passage. And I just want to say that. Amen. It's very important because that is a couple verses. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm looking for my favorite one in first Timothy. Yeah. Cause you, cause I know you use verse and I, and I think that it's important that we just bring a couple of those in. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on a second, because I've just confused my chapter and verse, but I'm looking for first Timothy. It's where Paul says, even so 
before this, he says, if she remains humble and some other things, but he says, even so she will be saved through childbearing. Mm. Um, that's a verse that we gloss over. And uh, he's clearly not meaning that salvation comes through having children not to not replace Jesus. Right. But I think he is talking about that reality of the transformational experience of childbirth, that it speaks to us about the goodness of God and the character of God and the redemptive plan of God with every contraction and with every sensation and with every hardship, whether we have the, the, the breezy, almost painless version, whether we have the version that brings grief and even tragedy, God speaks and labors one, you kind of said it earlier, where he speaks with a megaphone. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think labors are beautiful. And then Another one that I really like, this has been my favorite for um, considering as like a, a birth affirmation. I think our best affirmations come from scripture mm -hmm. and I'm going to read it directly. It's Paul again. I really like Paul. Second <laughs> um, Corinthians 12, three different times. I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, one of the things that we talk about from a biblical framework as far as femininity and biblical womanhood and, and really how to be prepared is surrender, is that your strength is your softness, it is your femininity. And while I would not directly relate this, giving birth is not weak by any means, we run into feelings of helplessness. We run into feelings of, I can't do this, I'm not strong enough. And a lot of the messaging says, yes, you are. And, and in a way that's true, that you are designed for this. You are so well equipped for this. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. But sometimes we need something even deeper and even bigger. And I love this for that. My grace is all you need. My mm. power works best in weakness. That's how we do it. That's mm. how we labor peacefully and calmly is, I don't know, I'll be using this next time I have a baby. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Even when I'm here, even when I'm at the bottom and I'm feeling helpless, then I'm strong. So I'm gonna boast in that weakness, boast mm. in my helplessness because of, God, because that's when he's greatest and that's when he's most powerful. And um, yeah, you feel that in a special way in labor. That's Amen. good. No, that's good. Yeah. That's, it's, it's really good. Because um, one way or another, that baby's coming out. Yeah, there's only through. There's like, only through. Like, 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 you, there's no, no matter what. There's no It's balance. coming out, y'all. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Once you do it. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> but it's coming out. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that, you know, another one that you could throw in there is Romans 8.28. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's played a lot, but because we know that all things work for, for good, right? Mm -hmm. To those who love God. Mm -hmm. And so when we love God, we have God mm -hmm. in our forethought, in our back thoughts, in our, all our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so then we then rely on God and trust in God. And then it says to those who are called according to his purpose. And our purpose was to go out. Yeah, and we use that verse multiply. all the time. Amen. Good one. Amen. Amen. So before awesome. before we close out, let everybody know how they can connect with you so that they can maybe jump on a class or at least see all the awesome reels that you're posting. Yes. <laughs> it's super it's super easy. We're super straightforward. You can find me on Instagram at made new birth. And then from there, if you're interested in the class, you just directly reach out to me either through email or on Instagram. Right now there's Zoom classes and there is an e-course set to release in October. God willing, we'll have that ready. Awesome. So thank you so much, Bestie, for showing up yes. and showing out with all of the amazing things that God is showing you about birth thank for you. everybody listening. I hope the dude stayed on. I hope you learned. You learned. I sh I'm sure of it. But for everybody else, um, you can always go to thepantrypodcast.com to get all of the full show notes, all the verses, all the things, the resources. You can also get our Jesus Not Junk Food seven-day devotional on there for completely free. And you can support our ministry at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.